and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone. It's your favorite reality TV podcast, TV My Husband Hates. We are back. How you doing, Reagan? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, got some great news in the uh, American news today. So 2020 is turning around. <laughs> Listen, this is breaking news. This literally happened just before we came on air. Yep. Joe Biden is president-elect. I was going to say that deserves a car horn, but you're not in your car this week. Not my car this week. My kids are elsewhere. My husband is elsewhere. So I am free in the basement, not trapped in the confines of the car. (laughs) Living the dream for a couple days. Um, Well, listen, congratulations to you as an American uh, and one who I know did vote for Biden. So that must be welcome news all round. It's pretty exciting. I mean, I've always said, like, I understand the thoughts behind electing Trump the first time. Like, I think there are some valid points where people wanted something different and didn't want a career politician. But I think this year, (laughs) we're all kind of tired of someone really not giving a fuck about our country. (laughs) I'm going to say it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think he's ever given a fuck about anything in his entire God-given life. And I think we had this conversation earlier. And I think what baffles him, like confounds him, is that this is the very first thing he has not been able, not for lack of trying, but he has not been able to buy or bully his way into. Like he, everything in his life previously, he just needs to look at it, go, I want it. And he gets it. Yeah. And he can't do it. And I think it's been fast. I mean, I haven't been able to stop watching because it's been fascinating to just watch democracy trample over him. Yeah. Yeah. The people have spoken and it's an awesome thing. And I'm glad. I don't mind that it's taken so long. I'm glad they're being very diligent and counting all the votes. I think we've had a record voter turnout this year, which is great. So I just hope all those things continue. Yeah, I do too. It's um, the next few weeks, I'm sure, will be very interesting. I can't imagine what executive orders his grubby little orange hands are going to be signing between now and Jan. Is it January the 20th? It's the 4th, January the 4th. fourth. Yeah. Um, he's got, You get the feeling he's going to be petulant and kick out and like start signing some really shitty stuff, which of course Joe Biden can undo when he gets in office, but yeah. it'll be his last fuck you Oh, man, I've been really fascinated by reading Donald Trump's tweets and how on it Twitter has been on, like, banning (laughs) his falsities. (laughs) Even the news, even every single news station when he came out to do his second speech saying that it was a fraud. Every single news station, the minute they realized he was just going to say the same thing, cut away instantly. Good. And And interestingly... Jimmy was a bit like, but you know what? Like, it feels bad that they're silencing him. Like, yes, he's talking rubbish, but you feel like everybody should have their thing. And one of the newsreaders said, the problem is we have to fact check what we broadcast. We yeah. can't broadcast things without fact checking it. And there's just there's just so much wrong with what he's saying that it's, it's unethical for us to broadcast that. So yeah. that was quite interesting. For sure. Um, I mean, broadcasters definitely have to, uh, you know, make sure what they're putting out there is correct. And I think Twitter realized that as well. I think we're seeing a different kind of social media crackdown too. I know a lot of people will call it a conspiracy to try to silence the right, but you just can't talk shit. 
No. And I love, I think it was the mayor of Philadelphia that was like, I think the president needs to put his big boy pants on. And now that he's out, everybody's finding their voice. Um, yeah. I think somebody called him an obese turtle, upside down, <laughs> floundering in the, I mean, honestly. It's, <laughs> it's getting it's ugly. It's like people have been waiting four years to get some of this shit out. Oh, man. I mean, there's so much else wrong with him. You don't need to be attacking the man's weight. Like, <laughs> that's just a cheap shot. <laughs> I mean, at least start with his hair. Oh, I mean, just start with the fact that he's a massive racist and a narcissist. Yeah. I mean, there's so much material there. Grabber. You don't have to go for something so obvious as the weight. You just don't have to go there. Um. Anyway, the good news is 2020 has been, excuse my language, ladies and gentlemen, um, fucking us in the ass. But now it feels a little bit like it's taken us out to lunch. There's a little light at the end of the tunnel. So it's exciting. And listen, we're back in lockdown, so it's even brightened my lockdown. Good. I'm glad. We we are not as of yet, so we'll see Anyways. what happens. I mean, listen, it is what it is. Let's we we can talk. We don't need to talk about coronavirus anymore. I feel like we've done it. No, we're we've all done it. very well aware of coronavirus and what it's doing to our lives. Yeah, painfully, painfully aware. And shock horror, everyone. We actually remembered to do the post bag this week. Sorry, we've dropped the ball on it a little bit. But um, what was this week's question, Kat? This week's question was, um, there has been some pretty terrible behavior at parties this week in the shows. We saw Shep's behavior, you know, all of that nasty stuff. We saw, um, obviously... The OC didn't party so well this week. So my question this week was, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done at a party? And I did promise to keep it anonymous. So we will keep it anonymous. But um, I'm going to start with the responses we got on the sticker and then we, we can finish with yours yes. uh, that we got in the DMs. So um, somebody messaged and said, I pissed my pants. Damn tequila and mummy bladder. I mean, oh. God, love, God love you. God yes. love you. We identify strong with that. I don't. I do identify with bladder weakness. I don't think I've ever pissed my pants in public. I mean, unless you count choking on a sausage in front of my mother-in-law in the kitchen when I was nine months pregnant, public. But like, I don't think I've ever pissed my pants in public. Well, so at the gym, I haven't pissed my pants, but I wore red leggings instead of black <laughs> leggings and you could see all the moisture and it was embarrassing as fuck and I just ran out. <laughs> I hit a um, PR on my run that time, by the way, too. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. Um, anyway, thank you very much for sending that in. We always love a good bladder weakness joke. Absolutely. Um, and then the next one, this is one of my favorites, because she was like, I pretended I had to leave the party to go to work, and I came back just when it was over. It was New Year's Eve. I have so much respect for that. How many times you go to a party and the beginning bit's great, like you're chatting, you're seeing everybody, it's lovely, you have a couple of drinks, especially New Year's Eve when you know it's dragging on and then you've got like four hours. Yeah, it's too long. Before ding dong. It's like, I respect, go home, pour yourself a glass of Chablis, have a bubble bath, come back for the ding dong. Yeah, no, if that makes sense to me. Um, I'm always a fan of the Irish goodbyes. I think I've done them at my own parties too where I've just been done. So you I have. just go upstairs and go to bed. You have. I, at a, on a number of occasions at yeah. parties at your house in Richmond, Thanksgivings, Thanksgivings, I'd be like, where is she? And we'd still be out, yeah. you know, drinking, smoking. And I'd go up and find you in bed. normally fully dressed. Mm -hmm. um, 
Anyway, I nearly said her name then about yeah. the lady who left, but I want you to know there's no need to be embarrassed about that. No. I think that is something to be proud of. It is. I'm pr- I'm, we are proud that you had the balls to do that. We like that. Me too. All anyway, right. tell us yours because this, this is one, one of my faves too. When at my husband's Christmas party one year, <laughs> in my wisdom, had worn knickers on top of my tights to keep them up. Eye roll emoji. <laughs> After much drinking and dancing while speaking to my husband's boss, I suddenly realized my knickers were around my knees. Imagine trying to style that one out. <laughs> uh, do you know why I laugh so hard at that? It's because when I was a kid at school, we had to wear tights and um, I did that exact thing. Like I'd wear a pair of knickers and then a pair of tights and then another pair of knickers to keep them because they never stayed up. But that has just brought me right back to my high school years. It's so hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. Love it. If we had merch, if we had prizes, then she would have won. 100%. 100%. That's amazing. Thank Uh, you guys so much for participating. We promise we will try to get better about putting them up earlier on so more people can participate. We will. I will. We will. Um, But uh, let's get on with the shows because we've got a big lineup this week in that... For the first time, really, since the beginning of the year, we are on five shows. Yeah, and we'll be on six next week because The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City starts. So I don't mind admitting I'm a little bit nervous about getting through it all, but I'm going to get through it all. I'm, I'm just, I'll just do it. I mean, um, twist our arms. We'll be here for it. <laughs> I'm excited about Salt Lake City, actually. I think it's going to be a good one. I am too. I love the, I always love a new show and I think Salt Lake is a great one to get involved with. Um, And it's just fun to get something new and to see what's happening. And we've got a new show this week as well because Below Deck is back. Yes, Captain Lee. I started writing down all his good one-liners. I feel like there should be a book just called Captain Lee's, I don't know, like life quotes. Yeah. Stud of the Sea Speaks. Yes. Stud of the sea advice. I think you could look in that book and find a one-liner for any situation that you might find yourself in. I mean, my favorite is the one that I posted. I can't remember what it was, but it was something like, I'd rather drag my dick over 10 miles of broken whiskey bottles than have those guys back on for sure. boat again. I think, th- I, mean, I think last season scarred Captain Lee for life because um, he brings it up definitely in this week. And I think he's just done. <laughs> he's done with I mean, that I love kind the of way- crew. We're going to get onto it, but I do love the way that he starts every single season with exactly the same speech. Mm-hmm. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass the boat. And you're like, okay, we, like, we've all seen it. Come up with yeah. something new. New yeah. material, please. Mix Mr. it up, Lee. dude. Um, but first up, let's start with Potomac. Those ladies still divided very much down the middle, still no harmony in Potomac. Um but let's talk first about Ashley because she heads back to the therapist without Michael this time and um, kind of discusses her potential, probably almost certain postnatal depression that we call it here, but you call it postpartum. Yeah, we, we call it postpartum depression here. Oh, do you? Yeah, we don't yeah. call it PPD. Like there's no like acronym for it, but we do right. call it postpartum depression. So yeah, so sense. we call it PND. Anyway, oh. whether we want, it's the same thing. Yeah. Different parts of the it's all the, world yeah for sure it's basically being fucked after you've had a baby absolutely i i thought it was really 
I, I actually, I really like her therapist. I think her therapist is really cool and really understanding and definitely is listening to her and helping her figure all this out, which is great. I'm glad she's in therapy. I totally identify with her feeling of like your body being for utility only versus this like sexual being. I think that's something we definitely all go through after having a baby. And I love that her therapist is like, you need a girl's trip. Yeah. You need to go off on your own and reconnect. I found that scene quite hard because when she was asking her those questions, um, I remember being asked those questions on, I mean, this shows what a basket case I am, but on numerous occasions. Yeah. But but normally pre-kids for regular bog standard depression um, and post-kids for postnatal depression. I remember being asked those questions and I remember like listening to them brought all of that back. Yeah. So it's really hard to watch Ashley do this, but I think you're right. And I think it's always really, it's easier when somebody is like Ashley and open to therapy and open to the fact that there's something wrong. You know, a lot of this has come from her going, checking in with herself and going, something's not right. And I think a lot of women struggle with that part of it before they even get to therapy. Absolutely. I think Ashley is really brave. I love that this is on TV. I love that you know, hopefully it's reaching out to maybe some women who are struggling with the same thing or maybe women who are like, holy shit, I dealt with that exact same thing and I didn't get help. Like, I I think it's a really positive thing to have out there in the world and just kind of normalizing how we all feel after, you know, how most of us feel after having a baby and the struggles that we actually go through. Yeah, because I think, you know, everybody struggles to a greater or lesser extent. It's just how far it goes. And, and, I think the women who are generally, I mean, women who are generally control freaks, women who are generally very independent, fiercely independent, or have hugely high expectations of themselves struggle the most. Um, And and Ashley's one of those. And it's, it's really inspiring to see her deal with it without shame, without embarrassment, to just put it out there and to own it. Um, So for that, I think it's a really, I think it's a really important message and I'm here for it. Frankly. Absolutely. Um, but that doesn't stop Ashley from deciding. Well, in fact, that encourages Ashley to decide to create this girl's trip. And um, they all head to the photo shoot to do Robin's hats. Bless Robin. This is why I really love these women. Because, yes, a, a few of them are like crazy, crazy football star rich. Right. But actually, what I really like about Robin is that she could be me. I mean, I know she's got a basketballer boyfriend, but I don't. We all know that that money's kind of gone. Yeah. I love that she's just being entrepreneurial and not doing anything massive, just like creating hats, selling them, packing them in her living room and making it work. Yeah, I think it's something really identifiable. Like she's she's a real person and, you know, she's hustling and she's trying to figure out her way out of the tax stuff. And, you know, I think it's a great thing for her boys to see that like anytime they hit adversity, they just like buckle down and figure it out and try to create something to, you know, generate some wealth. And I love how she's like kind of DIYing it as well. Like she doesn't have this massive agency or spending 200 grand on, you know, all this stuff. Like she's keeping it real. She's being smart and, you know, trying to create something of her own. I think it's amazing. 
And there's no ego. Like, you look at Karen with her perfume, like, right off the bat, it was this massively impressive thing that was, do you know what I mean? It was going to be in Saks Fifth Avenue, whatever it was. And actually, she's like, do you know what? I'm just doing my best. I'm packing this shit myself. I'm taking it to the post office. I'm trying to make a buck. And good on her. Like, I love Robin. I have a lot of time for her. Um, I do too. But the photo shoot doesn't go quite as planned because, of course, Karen and Wendy get into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't even, I don't understand what the tension is between them. I do. What, what is well, the, what is the root cause of all this? Karen is threatened by really intelligent, smart, strong black women. Yeah. Like, I feel like she wants to, but she, pref- she wants to support these women, but she prefers them when she can understand them, when she can put them in a box and go, that's what you do. And I think it helps her if they're married to wealthy men, because I think that that makes sense to her. But with Wendy, she isn't just a successful entrepreneur. She isn't just married to a rich man. She's got four degrees. I don't know if you caught that. Um, (laughs) She's got four degrees and she's ridiculously intelligent, driven, ambitious woman. And there's not another woman like that on this cast. And I think she can't put her in a box. I think she, she struggles with her. No, I, that's fair enough. I think uh, you've hit that on the head. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I'm here all week available for private <laughs> consultations. Uh, but but it is interesting. And I think that's, that. you know, Wendy brings that up. She's like, you say that you support women. Well, a black woman with a PhD should be something that you support. On the other hand, Wendy isn't always very likable in her achievements. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, I get that she's proud of it, and she is. But we only needed to see that montage to know that she's not just proud of it, but she uses it to make people feel small sometimes. Yeah, very true. She definitely did that to Ashley at that dinner. Yeah, and that kind of gets to a point where you're like, well, I'm not... I don't care about your four degrees. For sure, I mean... be a twat. Yeah, I definitely think she's just figuring out her way. This is her first season, and we always see this, right? With every franchise, yeah. the first season's always a little tricky. Saying that, I, I do at my core like her, and I think yeah. she's a really welcome part of the, sh- of the show, and I think she'll find her way with the ladies. And I'm kind of glad somebody's challenging Karen on those types of issues, right? Like, nobody else, everybody's kind of made fun of Karen, but nobody's directly challenged her on very valid points. And I like that Wendy's doing that, because I think Karen's been left to kind of run rampant in this group as la grande dame whatever the fuck that means <laughs> i agree anyway they decide that they are well they don't decide they get told that they're going to portugal i mean it took a while to get there but we got there but we were saying earlier from <laughs> europe it's e- like it's easy for me to look at the portuguese flag and go what's portugal yeah um and easy i would for me to you wouldn't have known. No, I 100% didn't know. I mean, I, I know quite a few flags, but I did not know Portugal's flag. I would have known Spain's. So. I probably wouldn't be able to tell any individual state flags. Ah, see, I, c- I can do Colorado. those. Because uh, we have the best one. Yeah, you do. Um, but real quick, before I move off of the girls' trip, I did find it interesting how originally Ashley was going to invite Monique, but then decided not to invite Monique because of how it would affect the rest of the group. So I think... Until we see Monique really kind of change, we're just going to see her be left out. And I think that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, 
Maybe I'm stating the obvious. I don't. Well, know. let's. I mean, let's move on and and sort of wrap up Potomac with Candice and Monique. Candice and Monique, because this is kind of all we've got left to talk about, and that's a great little link yeah. in into it. But yet again, Monique, it feels like she's talking the talk but not walking the walk. So she's like, "I get it. I'm really sorry. I understand. She didn't deserve it." And then legal things happen, and all of a sudden she can't apologize. Now, <laughs> I don't know how true how restricted she is once those charges have been filed but i feel like there could have been some way to reach out and maybe just say listen i appreciate you've filed charges but this is where i'm at now and i i'm sorry yeah um and i have no doubt that her sort of returning those charges is her lawyer saying well this is what you have to do like it's a strategy move right you have to counter sue but I just am like, Monique, just say no. Just go, do you know what? No, I fucked up. Here's my whole problem with what Monique is doing. Is she still saying, well, two people are the reason the fight happened. Like, no, bitch. You put your hands on somebody else. I don't. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but you hit, like, you did this. Yeah, The fight did didn't it. happen between two. You made the decision or you blanked out and everything took over and you raged. But that's you. And yeah. Oh, uh, it's just I I think I don't know. I feel like if she had called and apologized, Candace could I mean, I think Candace could have dropped the charges. Yeah, I'm sure she could. And it would have been done. Um, but now it's just gonna continuously get drawn out now that the, now that she's countersuing. And it just means that everything that she said previously on the other episodes now seems completely invalidated. And yeah. it just it's just such a crappy way to look at life because sometimes you fuck up and you just need to say sorry and actually then it's done and I genuinely believe with Candice being the way she is with Chris as her support system and Chris and Chris being friends that if Monique sent Candice a heartfelt apology owned that she fucked up and said she was getting help for her rage it would be done maybe not done but it would the charges would go I I 100% agree with you but that's not where we are so we'll see We'll see. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, let's get on to Below Deck. It's back. It's back and it's in the Caribbean. It looks so pretty. It's oh. it's satisfying my travel porn for sure. I mean, it's all the it's all the traveling we're going to get. It's going to have to do, but it does look beautiful and it's such a stark contrast now. I think the more we go on with coronavirus and the more we get into 2020, and the more kind of institutionalized in this shit show we become, it's more and more jarring when we see things like Below Deck. Like when I yeah. watch them all just hugging each other, even I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, don't touch each other. That's not don't allowed. Do that. <laughs> That's pretty dangerous. Don't know right. if you know. Um, 
So it is interesting. I'm so excited to see how Captain, like what Captain Lee thinks of coronavirus and the oh, one-liners yeah. that he comes out with about it. They're going to be brilliant for sure. Um, but this week we just do that usual getting introduced to a completely, apart from Eddie from five years ago, completely yeah. new crew. Completely new crew. I feel like Captain Lee learned his lesson last season as we discussed <laughs> very much at length uh, when we did those episodes. I think he's he's starting fresh for a reason. He just doesn't want to deal with any of those dudes ever again. Do you think he would have had Kate back if Kate was still I think working? So. I, I, I think, think so too. I think as we see like in this episode when he's like going through how he likes his coffee and how he likes his morning routine, it's going to be tricky for Captain Lee because Kate just knew those things about him because they'd worked together for so long. So I think it's going to be interesting watching his new relationship with Francesca and how that develops because they're kind of like his, they take care of him, right? Like they're yeah. his person on board. It really reminded me of when my job was to tour with Ray Davis and, yeah. and be essentially the chief stew to Ray Davis. Like I had to make sure that his drink was there, that his vitamin sachets were there, that the right socks were there, that these shirts were ironed. I mean, I ironed every single show night, 22 shirts, and I knew he would wear the same two. But if I didn't iron all 22, he'd want right. a fucking different shirt. <laughs> you know, and it was that yeah. It was that thing. And so when I saw it, it's like, this is how I like this. This is how I like this. I was like, oh, God. And PTSD. there's nothing you can do. Even if you get it right off the bat, it's time. For and sure. And that relationship will just have to, you know, go through the process. But um, but it's good to see Captain Lee back in, well, I was going to say in full fitness, but not quite in full fitness. No. I mean, we learned that he fell in the shower and bruised up or broke some of his ribs, which, you know, like I talked to my mom who was a nurse. We talked about this after we watched the season. She was like, he is going to be hurting. It's such a painful injury to have your ribs broken. I mean, thank God he didn't puncture anything vital, but he's going to be in pain like this entire season. Oh, bless it. Well, at least he's powering on through. Thank, thank God he's got somebody to bring him his breakfast cereal and coffee every morning. Even if it takes 45 minutes for a <laughs> bowl of cereal. <laughs> oh, is that Izzy? Is it Izzy? It, it is, is Izzy. It? The slowest oh, stew in the world. Oh, you man. said something interesting when we were talking about her before. You were like, I think, what was it you said? She wants to be the new Aisha. Like, she's very out there. Like, she likes to talk about, you know, fun, crude stuff, maybe give you a little too much information. But she's slow as fuck, man. Well, you've got to be able to back that that up, right? If you've got that kind of hotspot and you're kind of an acquired taste, you've got to be fucking shit hot as a student. Yeah, and that's she, where Aisha's got it. Like, Aisha is shit hot and knocks, yeah. her, her, knocks out her job like nobody's business. But I don't she, foresee the same with Izzy. No, it's like watching a slow Loris make an espresso martini. I've it's I've like, never wanted to like poke myself in the eye more. It's like asking your kids to put on their shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing slows down time like asking your children to get themselves ready. <laughs> or your husband to take out the bin. You know when you're like cleaning the kitchen and you've been there for an hour and you're doing it all and you're polishing everything and you're like, can you take out the bin? And they're like, yeah, I'll do it in a minute. I'm like, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to fucking God. If I wanted you to do it in a minute, I would ask in a minute, do it now, please. Yeah. Just, yeah. you've seen, you've sat and watched Mandalorian while I have fucking cleaned the kitchen yeah. for an hour. <laughs> fucking press pause, get up and empty the fucking bin. 
Right. It's all recorded. It's it's streaming. You don't have to what be there watching it live. Like, just pause. No, this is not the 90s where we just had channels one, two, three, four, and five. Right. You couldn't record or stop or, you know, we have the facilities for you to just take the bins out. Anyway, for sure. I don't know if you can tell that that might be a thing. <laughs> That's a button. So let's talk about the new crew. So Eddie is yes. the bosun who, as we previously mentioned, we saw him five years ago. I liked him five years ago. I did too. I mean, he's kind of vanilla. Yeah, he's, for sure. He's it feels like a steady pair of hands. And I think that's what Captain Lee really needs on this boat. Like he needed somebody that he knew. So he knows at least one thing will be taken care of. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, for sure, he's not an abusive misogynist. So he's already winning. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't take much. (laughs) Ashton. Anyway. So Eddie's back. Um, Let's go through the deck crew first because we've got Eddie. It makes sense. And then, um, uh, well, James is the British one. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna have to say any dude that kind of describes himself as a player, I is a red flag for me. Uh, uh, listen, me too. He's from Blackpool. Yeah. No offense to Blackpool whatsoever, um, but I would say that in Blackpool, it's a, like being a player is kind of the cool guy, right? That being said, I do see hints of him being a decent guy. Like, first of all, he seems to be a good worker. That's always yeah. a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and he does seem to have a charm. Well, what I like is he kind of takes the piss out of himself. I mean, it's a British right. trait. It's a British it's a very trait. British trait. Every Brit- British person you ever meet will be able to do this. And it's lovely and it's charming. And I think that's where he'll probably win me over. Like when he like rolled up his shorts really high. Like yeah. Just, take, just as a bit of a dick, but in yeah. a really lovable yeah. way. Yeah. A charming dick. Charming dick. So I'm here for, for James at the moment. And then yeah. we've got Avery, who again, very safe pair of hands. Oh, and amazing. Anne has done like every single job on the boat, which I like those people. I like the people who you can literally put them anywhere and they get on with shit and they do their job and they do it with a smile and they're fucking happy. And not just on boats. I like those people in life. Just in general. Absolutely. (laughs) Those are good people. (laughs) Put a fucking smile on it and let's roll our sleeves up and get on with it. That's all I need out of people. Exactly. Unfortunately, Um, we see him leave at the end, so... Our, our love I affair really with feel Avery for is short him, And I feel oh, for Eddie. Absolutely. Because Eddie really needed to lean on him, I think. So I kind of think that he'll start leaning on James a bit because James at least knows the job. But, but also not to be, not to be, um, not to talk about coronavirus again. But yeah. did you hear when he's like, we, she's, my grandma's in hospital. We thought she had the flu. Yeah. I was like, uh, she's got the Corey What's It. It's she's so got the Corey What's It. It's, it's so, so sad. sad. And you don't know, they don't know. They don't know. And I do love that he left his job to go be with his grandma. Like that's something that speaks to my soul. Like if people are willing to do that for their grandparents, they're generally fucking ace people. people. Absolutely. Um, So I don't think we'll see him back, I imagine. No, I don't think so. But maybe, Um, maybe he'll fly back out afterwards. Who knows? But um, the last person (laughs) on deck is Shane. (laughs) Shane the Wankstain. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's not very mature. I really... But it's funny as shit, so it's totally fine. <laughs> that's literally what my notes say. Shane oh, the Wankstain. I put just like, he's like a Cali dude. Like, yeah. 
I'm, I'm sensitive and I can do yoga and I'm an environmentalist. I'm going to replace all these struggles. Like, but he's not going to get shit done. He's not going to do his job. I feel like he's kind of entitled. Yeah. And I he's don't know. Like, you know, when, the thing is, is that sometimes with new graduates, I can kind of forgive them this sense of like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed entitlement because they just haven't been beaten around the head by life yet. Right. Do you know what He's I mean? So naive. there is this sort of naive optimism about what the world has to offer. And because they've been told their whole lives that they can do whatever they want and have whatever yeah. they want, if they then, you know, that's the kind of... So there's that. And there's a little bit of me. We saw it with Parker in the previous season. Yeah. But this guy is just a little bit too much for me right now. He's too much. And he's going to be too much for Captain Lee. Like him doing yoga <laughs> on his mat right in front of the bridge is not a smart idea. <laughs> like that is not Captain Lee's generational kind of dude. And I think nope. that's going to cause some problems. I don't think it would cause problems if he nailed his job. But he's so green, it, it's going to be a problem. I, I don't yeah. think he's going to last. That's my prediction. No, there's absolutely no way he's going to last. He'll be out in, I reckon, two episodes. All right. Oh, I should have thought that through. Okay, <laughs> two episodes. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the deck crew. So really, Eddie's got his work on his hands. I think James is going to be great. Shane is a waste of space and Avery's gone. So this is yeah. looking great so far. Yeah, I wonder who they're going to bring on if they bring someone else on to replace Avery. I wonder if it will be an older deckhand that we've seen previously, because typically it is. Like, typically they replace people with people that they know, people that we've seen. So we'll see. Um, Shall we move in interior? Let's move into the interior. And the new Kate is Chief Stew Francesca. Chief Stew Francesca. I quite like her right away. I'm, I'm getting, like, Hannah vibes from her, but it's probably just because of the accent, to be really yeah. frank. Um, I think she's got a high attention for detail. I love her tablescapes. Like she's kind of a Bugsy Hannah. And so I wonder if that will continue. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have, I think there's an edge to her. I feel like you're right. She's very Hannah first season. We saw Hannah. Yeah. Like still really into being a chief stew, still really, you know, oh, it's all about the detail and this, that, and the other. I don't know how she's going to play out. I might, I'm, I'm reserving judgment. Yeah. I By saying she's like Bugsy, I really only mean the table settings because yeah. I don't think she's going to have Bugsy's managerial finesse. I no, think I don't she's either. probably lacking that. Yeah. Well, we'll see who she's got. So she's got the, yo- is it Elizabeth the yoga? Yes. Stew. It's Elizabeth the mystic. We got two of them on the boat. Like, I don't know how much I can handle the, Woo woo. I don't know how much I can handle that. <laughs> Maybe in 2019, I could have handled it a little yeah. bit more. But honestly, 2020, I've got zero time for the fucking woo woo. Yeah. No, we're all cynical says, fucks over here now. <laughs> says the woman who put out her crystals to charge them today. Um, <laughs> I know. I don't even know who I am anymore. Oh, uh, man. Listen, so Elizabeth Yoga Stew, great. She seems kind of a bit of a cat like seems a bit like teeth hair boobs and yoga to me at the moment yeah i i she feels like one of those like 
yoga influencers you see on Instagram who just do their poses everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't really take them too seriously. Um, We'll see. I mean, I hope at least Elizabeth does her job and does it pretty timely. So I think maybe that is where she'll win us over. Um, But she also disclosed that she would love for this to be the one boat she didn't fall in love with somebody on. And (sighs) my respect for that goes a little wah, wah, wah. I know. Personally. I mean, me too. I mean, at least call it what it is. Yeah. Like, we're not falling in love with people on boats. No. We're like shagging them because they're there and they're fit and you see them like in the sunshine a lot. And actually, I have loads of respect for that. You do yeah. you. Like you get your Me rocks too. off. But don't call it falling in love. Like don't go down like the Jess rabbit hole no. of like the crazy jealousy kind of shit. I, I don't really want to see that this season. No. Um, um, and then last but not least, we've got Izzy. Uh, yeah. The turtle. The seven-year-old putting on their shoes on the boat. It's genuinely... It's so painful. ...infuriating. <laughs> and, and I know that my pace is a million miles a minute. So I yeah. do have to, with my kids and husband... Take it have down. ...have to, like, take it down. as like, relati- relativize it. Is that... Yeah, yeah. Whereas if I think they're taking a ridiculous time, I have to go, okay, is this ridiculous to normal people who go at a regular speed? Because I really am a bit ADHD with life. Right. But with her, it was... It's a whole new level, man. It was physically painful to watch her do those espressos. Yes. Yes. And why was was she putting them in all little separate cups? Like, couldn't she just make one big one and then like portion it out? I I, I have no idea how, but all it is... I mean, I have made espressos before. It's literally... They're the fastest things in the world. The, that's the point of them. I mean, you can talk to the TMI that I still have in my wrist from working old school espresso machines at Starbucks through college, like where you had to like <laughs> grind the coffee and put it, tamp it in the thing and then put it on the thing and then turn on. I was faster at those than she was yeah. with the little cups. Like it, it was so, so like, I couldn't slowly. even watch it. I had no, to turn I my head. Either. Anyway, I hope she speeds up. Somebody needs to put new batteries in her. Yeah, um, I don't think she's going to... I don't. I think she's going to go the way of Shane as well. I think those are going to be like the cast shakeups of the season. I think they and will go. to be fair, the first few days, hours with the charters was not great. And no. that guy, when he was like, listen, we'll call today a learning curve. We'll call tomorrow, get it the fuck right. I mean, I think he's being really fucking reasonable making his own drinks when he's paid literally hundreds of thousands of pounds to be there. Absolutely. I think drinks are one thing you need to make sure spot on. Like maybe their suitcases aren't unpacked, but you are knocking those drinks out there because drunk guests are typically happy guests. And as long as they had drinks and like some nibbles, they would have been fucking fine. It's all you need to do. Just keep yeah. the drinks flowing. Like that's, it's 101. I, it must be hard to come in and within 24 hours have to gel and have your shit sorted out. But that's what has... Francesca dropped the ball and she should have just stayed there and made the fucking drinks. Like, sort everything else out later. For Send sure. one of your people to the chefs to, yeah. to figure out the timings, to bring it back to you. But it was a clusterfuck. And they, if they don't improve, he's going to get really salty. He's going to be super salty and very bitchy. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't want to be on I kind of want to see it. <laughs> I definitely want to see it. For sure. I pay good yeah. money to see it. Absolutely. I do pay good money every month to see it. Yes. Um, and then let's move on to uh, the OC where... No, no. We need oh. to speak about Rachel, the chef. Oh, I forgot about Rachel. Yeah. So we've got a female chef who actually puts out beautiful food. 
She's a bit of a nutball because I think that's, I think to be a chef, you just have to be, be that way. Yeah. Yeah. But her food is gorgeous. Her food is beautiful and she knows what she's doing. And it, it, she reminds me of the first, one of the first chefs. Remember the young, skinny, tall guy who used to work. He had like blonde hair. He was a bit sensey as well. And I can't remember his name. Anyway, the yoga guy food. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think she's got more balls than him. I almost think she's oh, kind of sure. a female Ben. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because Ben's food was gorgeous, but like early seas- like earlier seasons, Ben was a little off his rocker. Like he got better through the seasons, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I kind of like her. I like her a lot at the moment. Yeah. But she does, like, having seen some of the trailers, she starts to scare me. Yeah. She's like, I wouldn't want to be in a room and find that my back was turned and then she was there. Like, I yeah. feel like she's scary. She makes you feel unsafe. She makes me feel unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> but w- what I'm really curious about is, obviously, we're going to see the outbreak of corona through this. Are they going to all have to stay on the boat all the time? Like, not be able to go and have their drinks out or whatever? That's I would be imagine so. That's going to be I mean, I can't imagine it being Maybe any other way. Maybe that's why she goes crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine that they're allowed out into these big harbors to no. go and drink and eat and stuff. Right. Granted, it was the Caribbean. Like, I don't, I don't know what the Caribbean did as far as lockdown. Like, obviously, if they were in the Med, that'd be a different story. Like, Italy would oh, be, yeah, have course, been shut down. But they're in the Caribbean, so I don't. Maybe I need to do some research on what they did, or we'll obviously see it. But we'll find out. Be, we'll it, find I mean, out. It'd be so interesting. Yeah. Um, sorry to jump the gun there, and Rachel. No, it's a all bit. right. Uh, now, shall we go on to the OC? Yeah. It feels like a bit of a downer, doesn't it? After Below Deck, it does. Like I kind of miss light-hearted shows. Um, because I feel a lot of the season is going to revolve, and rightly so, around like Bronwyn quitting drinking and the struggles that she goes through. And I think that's fair. But it's just like, I think it's going to also bring out the worst in a lot of people. And that's going to well, be uncomfortable watching. For me, it's definitely bringing out the worst in Shannon. And this whole thing with this sad little place, do you know what? I, I believe them both. Yeah. Like, I genuinely at this point believe them both. I'm certain Shannon said it. I'm also certain she didn't realize she said it. It just came out as it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. it's that. But all she needs to do, especially considering Bronwyn is, like, is it worth it, Shannon? Yeah. Is it worth it when you know that Bronwyn has to hold on to this truth because it's all about her truth and this is the only thing she's right. got? That's what the steps teach you. Is it worth it to not just go, do you know what? I talked about your house behind your back. I don't know if I said sad. Maybe I did, and I apologize. Yeah. I think it would be fine. Knowing Gina, it would all be fine. Like, it would be done. And I think, this is, I think this is Shannon's downfall. Like I think she's going to hold on to this with a death-like grip, and it, it, it's going to ultimately be her downfall, because I think you're absolutely right. All Shannon needs to say is, say exactly that to Gina and Gina would be fine. Gina would be like, you know what? That's fine. Like whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think, but I think Bronwyn's right as well. I think honestly, Shannon does have a problem. She wants everything to look and be perfect. And she will defend that 
she's not she's never apologized a day in her life no so this is very difficult for him because of this it's triggering Bronwyn in a whole other way right and I think that that was the reason that conversation with Shannon was why she kicked off at Gina I don't think it had anything to do with Gina no I think Bronwyn could have handled that mini confrontation with Gina in a much more um controlled manner if she hadn't been riled up really yeah by shannon and that conversation i think so too because i think it's got to be hard when you know what you've heard you're not inebriated and like you are speaking speaking the truth to what you heard and i feel like nobody's kind of respecting that obviously a lot of them don't know and that's fine i think that's addressed later on but i i can't imagine what bronwyn's going through right now I'm sure it's going to be hard on the other ladies because I think they are going to have to watch like what they say, like all those convenient things that people just forget about are not going to be forgotten anymore. And maybe it's going to force everyone to be more honest or it's just going to be a lot of fights. Well, it's really interesting to see Bronwyn work through all of this stuff in real time as well. Almost like you see her come to that realization, the car when they're on their way to the AA meeting um, recognizing that she did go in hard. She was triggered. It was her own stuff. And she yeah. went in hard on Gina and she's like, oh, fuck, I fucked it up. It's really interesting to see that and um, and to see her process, be able to process it because she's sober. Um, but that's normally the kind of stuff that people take themselves out of situations to do. And right. to see her doing it amidst all of this is a lot. Absolutely. So we were tagged on Instagram by at MHR Burton on this Entertainment Tonight interview with Bronwyn, kind of talking about this season. Obviously, she's like she gave this interview like now. So it's a look back on kind of the season and what she's gone through. And what was I found really interesting about that interview. Thank you so much at MHR Burton for tagging us because it was really interesting. Um, but in that interview, she calls out that she actually called Captain Sandy because Captain Sandy's been sober for 30 years and asked her what she should do in regards to like actually being filmed or not. And Sandy made a really good point to her and was like, well, you were totally fine being drunk as fuck on screen. Why, why are you having a problem being sober on screen? And she was like, I thought that was really interesting. So that's why she went ahead and did it. But she says that that when she like threw the glass in the pool, like that was her rock bottom. Like that was her emotional rock bottom in her sobriety that she shouldn't have gone to the party, but it got her to start going to meetings. Like she totally accredits that point to like getting her into AA. And she actually goes on and says that Gina has actually been the most supportive person about her drinking. Like once she got there with her and she explained everything to her, Gina was actually the most supportive person on the entire cast around her drinking. We called that last week. I was like, listen, and she said, actually having the crew around saved her from relapsing. Cause she was like, I totally would have drunk right after that party. I would have gone home and I would have drunk him, but the cameras were there and that helped keep me accountable. So I didn't. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was really interesting. Um, more about that, Chaz. Like, she just goes on. Um, there are a lot of rumors about her and Sean getting divorced. Yes. That's not happening. What's the sketch? Oh. Yeah, they're not getting a divorce. Um, what else? What are they what doing? They are redefining what marriage means to them. So it could just be a PR answer about not getting divorced, or it just means they're in an open relationship now. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, that's interesting. We'll see what, 
how that plays out. Yeah, she still stands by that she says no lies this season and that Shannon is the biggest liar on the cast. I I believe, like, I believe right now, if you have to ask me who's not going to be lying, it's Bronwyn. Because if she's still sober, she's not lying. Yeah. Like, that is kind of, there's a connection there. Um, For sure. But it's a tough one because none of them are particularly likable. No. Do you know what? And so it's as much as I empathize and sympathize with Bronwyn and what she's going through, and I'm very... um, here for that to happen on screen and bless her for doing it you know she she's calling people lemonade boy like yeah that would that was not a good look there's no there's and there is there is a side of her that is that and shannon you know there's a lot of worry about the stuff and the appearances um amongst them all so it's 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 interesting to see it play out but i do feel for i feel for all of them and i don't really like any of them no, and it'll be interesting as we kind of progress into the season um, because Bronwyn is actually not speaking to any of the cast members at the moment because they've been very judgmental Ooh. about Bronwyn's views on Black Lives Matter and her views on LG, LGBTQ LGBT rights and kind of lifestyles. Because I think in this season we see Bronwyn's son kind of dress in drag and come up with a drag name. And apparently a lot of the other ladies have been very judgmental about those types of things, which is really disappointing to hear, to be honest. So but, disappointing. Um, and also so like 1990. So old. Like it's just old. Surely we're beyond that now. I th- I would have thought so. But anyways, that's what we can be looking forward to. So again, thank you at MHR Burton for tagging us in that. It was super interesting. Um, yes. Thank you. We love that. We did love that. Thank you. And also we get to see Gina figuring out co-parenting. Yes. So Matt's got a girlfriend named Britt who also has kids who go to the same school as his kids. And you know what? I have a lot of time for this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I have a lot of time for Gina and Matt figuring it out. I have a lot of time for Gina. Like, I'm 100% on, like, Gina's side with that whole mess. Oh, sure. I wonder, and this may be really judgmental for me to say, I wonder about a woman being with a man who's got, like, domestic abuse, like, very public domestic abuse charges against him. And I don't know. I mean, I hope Matt has done some healing and is better for the entire family. It sounds like he and Gina kind of have something worked out. I 100% agree with you. I think that is questionable. You know, it's yeah. not a decision I'd make. That being said, he he is still their dad and they do still have a great hmm. relationship with him. And so what I think what I meant when I said I'm here for it is if he is going to have another girlfriend, then let's do it this way. For sure. Then then drag kids through really like an acrimonious kind of co-parenting situation. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I totally get that. I just, I, I don't know. I know what you mean. And it, and yeah. you know what, of, of course it would be great if it could all work out, but I, I, I'm like, listen, even if it, even if they make the effort at first to make it good and then it falls apart, at least they made the effort. Well, and at least Brit is kind of helping, helping Gina out, like picking up the kids from school and like doing the day to day kind of, shared momming activities to help each other out. I think that's great. And it looks like as well, Gina feels respected by Brit, which I think is something that's often missing in that relationship. Um, So I don't know whether we'll get to see more of Brit, but she's, I mean, apart from her choice in men, 
She sounds yeah. like a kind of solid girl. Yeah, I think we'll see more of her because she's invited them to Sienna's birthday party, which is, I think, uh, next week. So um, we'll see kind of how they are all that around each other because I think that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, do you want to have a quick chat about Elizabeth and her kind of reaction to the whole thing? Because she's still really very new to this group and it seems like she's come in right at kind of ground zero. Oh, man, I I kind of feel sorry for Elizabeth. Like, this is kind of her introduction to the show. But I think Elizabeth sees people. And I think she is pretty spot on about um, kind of Bronwyn and how Bronwyn, like, the comments about Gina kind of indicate that Bronwyn doesn't really understand what it's like to be poor or to survive. And that Elizabeth has a lot of time for Gina because she's thriving in that. And that speaks to her. Well, because they they have that shared experience as right. well, because we know that Elizabeth struggled before she married a trillionaire. So um, that didn't mean to sound as flippant as it did. Right, right. No, but, I think Elizabeth but, would say it the same way. Yeah. Um, so there is that. But also I find it interesting as well that she's really open to helping Bronwyn. And I think that's, you know, she's like, I don't, I don't know that well. She is a friend, whatever. She knows her as much as the TV show knows, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But... She's not a sheep. She's not just falling in line with what Kelly's saying, which I really like about her. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm here to help her out. She wants me to go to meetings with her. I'll go to meetings with her. Um, so I, have, I I mean, I'm here for her at the moment. I loved that she turned up looking like the 80s Hampton lady. <laughs> she for sure did. Didn't she? <laughs> that white right? outfit was brilliant. <laughs> She's like an extra from Pretty Woman. Yeah, at yeah, the polo. for sure. <laughs> um, I have a lot. I have a lot of time for her. She's yeah. fun, so we'll see. Um, but yes, the OC will continue to be, I think, uh, quite emotionally draining for all of us. I think so. Um, and then let's move on to the Kardashians, where they are deep, deep in the depths of coronavirus right now. They are deep in the depths of Corona. Chloe is still quarantined, waiting for her negative test results. Um, and Kim is really struggling. Yeah. So Chloe, I get is bored. I mean, I'd be bored. I know that she's got like a 1200 square feet bedroom to be bored in. (laughs) Not quite the same as everybody else. Um, but she's bored. I get it. Thankfully she's fine. All is great. I really like seeing kind of this tender friendship between Tristan and Chloe I feel like, I mean, because we didn't see a lot of Tristan on the show, like kind of before True and things like that. So I don't ever feel like I got a sense of who he is. My only impression is him like messing around with Chloe's friend or Kylie's friend, Jordan. So needless to say, my impressions of him have not been great, but he's a really like tender dude. Like I think they've got, I mean, they've got co-parenting fucking down, which I think is awesome. Um, I don't know. Do you think they'll get back together? Yeah. I do. I I mean, I think I believe, I do believe people can change. I believe Mm -hmm. people make a mistake that doesn't define them. Right. Um, And I think Chloe is a smart cookie and I think he's doing the work, you know, I think he's doing the work to make it right. And I think she really loved him and they have a kid. And I think all of that thing, all of that will play in. Right. but yeah, I agree. I think it's a really lovely, you're right, tender is the word. It seems special. And even yeah. if there is no, even if they don't make it into something more, 
that's a really lovely partnership like parenting partnership for sure better than a lot of better than a lot of like official ones absolutely and i think it's a really nice relationship for true to see like you know her dad will come and step in and take care of her i mean i know she probably won't remember any of this because she's like two but um i think if this is their basis regardless if they're romantic ever again or not it's it's a nice relationship for true to grow up with I agree. And we see Kim really struggling with the kids. Now, I want to just do a bit of a disclaimer here because, of course, it's... Listen, I know everybody's like, oh, Kim Kardashian's finding looking after her own children hard. I agree to a certain extent. Um, I think it's easier when you have a massive mansion and a swimming pool than it is when you've got, like, a small house in dirty London with a backyard the size of a postage stamp. Thank God we had a backyard. But... At the same time, no matter how much money or space you have, it doesn't matter if the kids don't want to be in that space. No, they, they just, just want to be, be on in you. your space. Yeah. <laughs> that anybody can relate to. And I think Absolutely. it's too easy to dismiss her kind of struggles as being slightly privileged and tone deaf. And I do appreciate that argument as well. Yeah. But if your kids will not leave you alone and you are on your own parenting, which she is. Yes. I felt... Every eye roll, every get out of my bedroom, I felt all of it. And I felt for her. I did too. And I I very easily identify to feeling that way. Like the kids are all up in my business. They just want to be on my ass 24-7 and I can't take that. Like nobody can take that. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much help you have. It's it's too much. It's too much. Especially with the weight of everything going on at the same time too. Like 2020 has just been too fucking much for us all. It has. Like it doesn't matter. The whole thing has been a lot. So I felt for her on that. I started to lose patience when Kanye stepped up, took the kids in a private jet to Wyoming and she was bored after 24 hours. I was like, bitch, please. Yeah, no, that's not real. Make some TikToks, have a bath. Fucking watch some movies, call your mates on the phone. Absolutely. Fucking play board. Candy Crush for 12 hours. Nope. Do like, that. 100%. And eat like, marshmallow. Like, don't come at me and say you're bored after 24 hours. No. I mean, my, my kids are away um, this weekend with my amazing mother-in-law who will take them sometimes, which is fantastic. And I miss them, but I'm yeah. not bored. And I have not done shit. No. Hasn't been quite 24 hours yet, but... I call bullshit on that. I do too. Also, I wonder if it's just because she's so relentlessly busy the whole time that this is actually quite confronting for her to be this still and this quiet. Right. No, that 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 makes more sense to me. It makes more sense to me that she's like, holy shit, like, what do I do when I have personal time? I don't know what I do when I have personal time anymore because I never have it or I'm, you know, I'm yeah. not working. I understand that more than like, oh, Without I mean, my I think kids, still I have nothing to do. Oh, yeah. I, I would play Candy Crush. <laughs> I'm done. Definitely play Candy Crush and watch shit TV. <laughs> For sure. I've just started rewatching um, Grey's Anatomy. For again, I think like this is the fourth time in coronavirus that I've started rewatching <laughs> it because I've watched all of TV and I didn't want to watch the news. And I feel Grey's Anatomy is comforting. I watched all of Dawson's Creek and all of Friends again in the first lockdown. Dawson's Creek is one that I need to do. It's so good. It's so good. And even Friends was really... Like, I know it's not always aged well. Yeah. But I can still take a TV show within the context that it was created and 
recognize it would be done differently now, but it's still a fucking brilliant show. So is The American Office. I rewatched the entire thing about two times in 2020. And it is dated, but it's still so lovely, still makes me cry. And I love it. Yeah. I cried. I mean, I cried again at the, when Friends ended yeah. in lockdown one again. That's the way like it goes. Although I'm crying a lot at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's an I'm emotional too, time. It is. I'm like, but I'm at the tier level where if I'm flicking through TikTok and somebody like hits a note on the voice, yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's your if cry I see note. some dancers doing a song to a Greatest Showman track, I'm like, oh. By yeah. the way, we have to organize a time where we almost watch that together, like a watch party for the great. Yeah, show. I think we should, because I still haven't seen it. I think you might be one of the only people in the world. I could be. I, I never saw Avatar. Ever. I mean, well, that would probably be something for lockdown. You'll probably have just about enough time. Yeah, no, I don't fancy it. Doesn't I've, speak to I me. I think I've like watched the beginning. It's like seven days long. Yeah, forget that. If I'm going to watch something that's blue. seven days long, I'm going to watch the Godfather trilogy. I'll even watch part three. That's I would far talk. rather do that. Yeah, I definitely would watch the Godfather before I watch Avatar. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. Um, but anyway, we'll do The Greatest Showman. We'll get, yeah. we'll do that. Maybe um, that'll be some Patreon content. Listen, the last thing we need to touch, well, we need to touch on Kardashians is that Kim yeah. and Kylie, despite global crisis and hundreds of thousands of people dying from an unknown disease and everybody being locked in the house and unprecedented fucking disasters, these two are still, to a certain extent, bitching and moaning because they didn't have their own cars to go home. Fuck and they, off. And they took it to social media. They got public with that shit. Oh. But get a life. Stop being get brats. Get a fucking life. Grow Stop up. Stop being brats. Stop being brats. For sure. Done. Um, and last but not least. Southern charm. Charleston, here we come. This Holy is such shit. a great show. And I have fallen in love with it because I've obviously watched the whole previous six episodes in the last month. Yeah. Um, but there's still some interesting ch- chat shit to chat about (laughs) for sure (laughs) it's five shows this is it this is all you're getting now on the fifth show absolutely i want to just put it out there how much i love leva and what she brings to this show and actually how ignorant of me it was to realize how fucking white this show is yeah me too i had to really fucking sit there and have a word with myself because i had been I had ignored how white it was. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty white city. I mean, it was it was kind of the heart of the Confederate. It was one of the hearts of Confederacy yeah. during that time. But um, I am here for Leva and her husband, James. They are gorgeous. I love that they work together. I love that they're restaurateurs and that they're really trying to kind of make social change within yeah. their community. And fucking Leva doesn't take shit. And no, I love it. And I wouldn't take this shit either. Let's talk about this bit first because yeah. Catherine, I listen, I have always had a soft spot for Catherine. I really have a lot of time for her. We've talked about this before. I think she's a victim of a misogynistic, fucked up society that runs on these old school values where women are supposed to do two things and one of them is have babies. Right. Um, and, but this episode and this season so far has just made me realize that. She, while she had to grow up really, really fast in certain areas, 
She's just a messy fucking kid. Yeah. She's for sure messy as fuck. Like this, what comes around goes around mentality about trying to spread these rumors about Cam. I am not down with. It shows no growth. I feel like it's a throwback to the Catherine, the first Catherine that we saw. Well, it's also like this weird retrograde revenge shit. Like, you guys have been good for two seasons. Like, Catherine sat at the reunion, Cameron, sorry, sat at the reunion in the last season and cried with apology because she got it now. Like, she's had Mm -hmm. one baby and she was like, I am so sorry. And throughout the whole of that season, she recognized where she'd gone wrong. She made it up to Catherine. She owned it. Yeah, she did the the right thing. the whole time, Catherine's just sitting there going, yeah, that's fine. We'll be cool, but... When I get a chance, I'm fucking stabbing you in the back. Yeah, that's what I don't like. It's a gross look for sure. And by all accounts, it's not even based on any truth. Like even if it was based in some truth, you could sort of see why there might be a moment where she's like, oh, well, you know, what goes around comes around. But this is just genuinely manufactured bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. It really rubs me the wrong way. It makes me sad because I really wanted to continue to see Catherine grow into kind of just this badass woman. I hope I hope she turns it around. Like I hope this isn't just who she is really at the core and this is who we're kind of left with cuz that'll be disappointing to me. I think she will. You think, think she'll think grow she or she'll stay? I think she'll grow. I think she'll grow or at least recognize this wrong. Yeah. I don't know if that means she'll never do something like this again. Cause I think right. inherently this is just a little bit of her. It's, I think it's a lack of maturity to be real. I mean, cause it, it yeah. sounds like something you would do in high school, right? Like, Oh, yeah, that totally. bitch said this. I'm totally saying this about her. I don't even care. Yeah. It's, it's totally that. So I think yeah. she's going to get to a point where she owns it and she recognizes it was a bitch move. And, and I think that's, but we just don't need to get there. Right. Right. Um, also, she gets a little up close and personal with John Pringle. She does, but I don't think it's a serious makeout. Like, I think it's a <laughs> drunken makeout after a party, and that's pretty much all it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think it's serious for him. No, I don't think it's serious for her either. But I don't know. I think she'd like to pursue it. I think there's going to be fireworks between her and Madison over the Pringle. Yeah. I could see that, though. I mean, I think John Pringle's kind of a catch. Like, I think he's different than the other dudes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he totally is. I think as well, he hasn't lived in Charleston for the whole time. And I think being out of that old school mentality is probably good for him. I like him. I'm excited to see how the Madison thing plays out. For me, if Patricia likes somebody, it's like good marks in my book. Like, there's something there. Because... While she has a soft spot for Shep, she doesn't really like Shep, but I think she does yeah. really like John. Well, she likes Catherine too. She like came around to she Catherine. She didn't at first, but yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but she does like John and she likes John for Madison. And I think yeah. this is going to be Miss Patricia's like- It is her project. mission in life. She <laughs> is all about making this happen. And I have to say, she's not wrong. No, I mean, how much would you love to have an ally like Miss Patricia in your corner oh, yeah. trying to get you the best life? Because that's what she's doing. Yeah. Totally. She's got. A, she's in love with Madison. She has a lot of yeah. touch, like the daughter that she never had. For sure. Um, if I was Austin, I'd be thinking, I need to step up my fucking game right about, right about now. For sure. <sighs> I have such an issue with Austin. 
What? Tell me. Because I mean, I don't love him, but you really don't love him. Tell me why. I really. So in this this episode, and I mean, I think it spills to the other guys, too. I have a real problem with the way he's handling this one night stand that Madison had when they weren't even together. Oh, yeah. That's some kind of bullshit. It's a whole lot of bullshit. Like these dudes haven't slept with half the Eastern seaboard first off. Right. They are making such a fuss about Madison having a one night stand with somebody when he wasn't even with his wife. His wife is making a huge fucking deal about it, even though they weren't together. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand what it is. It's the fact that a woman had a one night stand that really rubs them all the wrong fucking way. This woman who's in control of her sexuality, who is by all accounts, just a badass and doesn't put up with their bullshit. And I, 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 go ahead. No, you go. And I have an issue because I feel like Austin, instead of being concerned about like, Madison, how is this making you feel? Like, what can I do to help and support you? He's making it all about himself. Like, well, how the fuck do you think this makes me look? It has nothing to fucking do with you, dude. You are such a baby. It pisses me off. I literally have nothing to add. You okay. absolutely nailed it. You are right. And it's not okay. And she's, it's this age old problem of women having to play by different rules for absolutely no goddamn reason whatsoever, other than men are terrified of us. So yeah. you're right. And it's disgusting. And the fact that this, even Madison sort of defends herself a little bit on it, but she kind of takes it a bit as well. Yeah. And I don't and like that. And that bothers me. I don't either because she can sleep with whoever the fuck she wants to sleep fuck with. Fuck yeah, she can. She's hot. She's her own business owner. She is kicking ass at her, you know, her co-parenting and doing all the things, being a grown yeah. up. She can do what the fuck she likes. Why don't you all catch up? Yeah. I. Well done, Reagan. Thank you. I loved coming to your TED talk. I agree. <laughs> I think you're then right. That is my TED talk. A hundred percent. Like it just, it really fucking wrangled me. It sat wrong with me with the whole episode. I just started getting more and more pissed off about it. That a bunch of man whores are going to fucking talk shit about this girl for having well, a one night stand. I think that's the point as well, right? These guys are not like, these guys are building their whole existence around yeah. who the fuck they can sleep with every single night. They are yes. out being debauched and disgusting and drinking away their lives because they don't have to work for a living. Yeah. And that is the, the hypocrisy and the double standards is offensive. It is. It's super offensive. And you know what? Liz should fucking know better. Liz oh my God. Fucking I'm almost better. more mad at her. Like me too. So you're, you're, husband had a one night stand before you got together. Like who's hadn't or who had, you know, like big whoop. Why are you making a big fucking deal about this? We are all on the same fucking team. Yeah. How can you expect men to change when women like that support this misogyny? You just can't. No. And it, it's wrong on every level. Absolutely. Liz, Um, you should be walking over to Madison, giving her a high five and be like, I'm glad you did you. We're done. It, it's not yeah. an issue. We're done. Nobody cares. You're married. Yeah. Well, you're married. Like you're he married. chose you. Be secure in that. High five her and walk away. Yeah. Madison didn't want him anyways. It was just a fucking one night stand. Oh, it's so. Jesus. Infuriating. Yeah. Um, do you feel a bit better for that? I do, actually. I'm glad to okay, release good. that. I'm, I'm glad as well. And you know what, Madison, um, if you're listening, we fucking support whatever you want to do. You're a badass. Yeah, you just keep doing you. Do we know if her and Austin are still together? 
I have done no sleuthing on that, but you know what? I hope not. I hope she's with John Pringle. (laughs) I hope Patricia has done her job. (laughs) Listen, Reagan's pissed about it. And I get it. Like, I'm with you. But um, yeah, I hear you. I hope she's with John Pringle if he doesn't turn out to be a prick. Yeah, that's very true. We've only seen him a little bit. So I don't have quite the grasp on him that I have on the other guys I've been watching for five years at least. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, with that, that wraps us up for this week. It does. It does. Um, a couple things I really enjoyed. Otherwise, I love Michael schooling John about gin versus vodka on the martinis, oh. but I am <laughs> by far a vodka martini girl myself. So, John, I'm with you. I thought that was hilarious because, like, was Michael a, was very offended. A dirty little potato. <sighs> gin, is a, botanical gin is botanical and good for you. <laughs> Comes from well, a dirty little potato. I love Michael. Like, I just want to move into Patricia's house. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. I want to live in a world where nobody judges you for having a martini at 5 p.m. every day. Yeah. That, that's that been my life the past couple of days, to be honest. It's been lovely. I might make a martini. Do it. Um, You'll never regret it. Was there another thing? You said a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, we can maybe just talk about how awkward Austin's booth was at the Food and Wine Festival I think as much as I don't like Austin, he was in the right. Like Madison and Chip should not have been having that conversation with the punters. I'm with you. This was a professional thing. Austin made it very clear from uh, before they even got to the thing that he wanted this to be civil. Like whatever happened, these two had to get on. And even if they weren't shouting and screaming at each other, it was still a fucking awkward moment. And they did still do it right in the fucking counter. Why didn't they just go out the back of the booth? And be like in the middle of all the booths and like that those back areas that you know are there. I felt for Austin. He'd made oh. it clear what he needed. Neither of them listened. And it, it was fucked awkward. him off in his professional space. So yeah. I agree. I don't think this truce between um, Shep and Madison will last. What do you think of Shep's new man thing? His apologizing, owning shit thing. I don't think Taylor. It- I like Shep and Taylor when they're alone. I don't like the way Shep acts with other women. Mm. He has an issue with Madison, and it's the fact that she doesn't take his shit and she doesn't find his shtick charming. That's his problem with her. Um, But he just needs to let it fucking go. Like, just drop it. Like, yeah. I I don't know. I hope he is better. Like, I hope the therapy's helping. I hope Taylor's the right girl. It's great to see him apologize. You could see that he had to like dig it out right. of his deepest. Do- it wasn't an easy apology for him to Austin. No. But he did potentially owe it to him. And I can appreciate that. And then he said the same thing to Madison. So maybe this is maybe this is the beginning of a more open Shep. Fingers crossed. We will see. But with that, we will wish you goodbye and good night. Uh, thank yes. you very much. Please remember to rate and review. It really does make a difference. And we always leave it to last. <laughs> always. Everybody's always clicked off by now. They're like, yeah. that's it. They're done. We're done. Wait, yeah. review. Come back. We did have, um, actually, no, I found the picture. Keep talking. I want to do a shout out. Hang on. 
Ah, Reagan's going to do some stuff. Yes. So listen, rate, rate and review, please. It really helps us. It's the thing that gets us up in the charts. And the further up in the charts we are, the more visible we are in the kind of recommended podcast. So please, please do that. I want to do a massive shout out to Great Britain because they are the ones who gave us the last three reviews that we had. So we have Eva 19770609. This podcast is amazing. I love how real the girls are chatting about all my guilty pleasure programs and so much more. They're hilarious. It makes you feel like you're sitting chatting with your mates. I've only found this podcast in the last month, so I am binge listening. Thank you, Eva. That is brilliant. We also got uh, 10, 1972 from Great Britain saying that she found her tribe. Thank you. And Ames, 173, she said, listen to this therapy for the ears. So oh, all you people, that. thank you. That really means a lot, mate. Warm me fuzzies. Little goosebumps. Um, but that is, it. that is us for this week. So we will be back next week with five, maybe f- six six shows the real housewives <gasps> Salt of salt lake city starts on the 11th oh it's all kicking off here i'm gonna have to do just have to find some time um yep. but listen thank you as ever and we will see you on the flip side and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye-bye bye Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.